Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Joining me this week, no surprises, Lee Dobbs, Dan Healy, Rob Newell. How are we doing, guys? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, very good. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thanks for joining me, guys, again. 14 episodes in, so I tip my hat to you anyway. Um, I must say, as we as we debated the agenda for this uh, this podcast, um, it did feel a little Groundhog Day-ish, to be honest, in terms of the on-field performance. So um, I think the direction of this pod is going to be a little less focused on uh, the the individual games that have happened in the last week. And uh, we're going to focus on maybe some wider topics for this one, because um, I think I'd summarize it, guys, uh, that offense remains cold, starting pitching keeps us close, bullpen blows up now and again. And the reality is that's not a recipe for much success on the wins and losses columns. So it is what it is Uh, in terms of uh, where we sit at the moment, guys. We are 10 and 30, so nice round numbers anyway, which is nice. There's a, there's a positive spin out of that. Um, so 10 and 30. Um, we've had a tricky week, it's fair to say. We were expecting a tricky week as well, if I remember correctly, from last week's pod. Uh, so we, had, uh, we lost 3-1 against the Cubs. We, only end, we, we lost 2-0 to the Mets. They swept us, but there was a game rained off which was on uh, which was on mother's day uh for from the u.s side i'm pretty sure we'd have won that one so uh we'd avoided the sweep there but anyway swept by the mets again that's the second time in a row from the mets side um we record this on wednesday so we're a day late on our usual recording evening um but we record this wednesday and um we're currently one nil down to the rays in in the two nil uh, the two game series sorry the citrus bowl uh having just been shut out four zero so it's not been the best week on the wins and losses column for sure we're not going to dwell too long on that um but there's a few bits i just want to pick up out of it guys um that you know, there, there were some talking points, and we'll get onto the roster moves in a sec that came into that. But me personally, I, I want to look at highlights of the week. I, okay, Pablo got blown up against the Mets. Yeah. And he only went three innings, gave up 10 runs, most of which came in the first inning. He was obviously struggling. Some of Twitter was firing up going, what was Donnie doing leaving him in there that long? You know, blah, 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 blah. What I was impressed with from Pablo was after the game, and he came out, and he didn't have it. He talked through it in a mature way. We've already said, guys, as well, that we're expecting these pitchers to struggle at times, and it's how they learn, how they respond. And for me, I really like his response to that poor outing. But he said, listen, I'm up for it next week. I'll go again, you know. It is what it is. These ha- these things happen in baseball. His head didn't go down. And, um, you know, it was a strange highlight for me to take away. But for me, nonetheless, 
it's important to see that type of response for the guys. We won't cover too much from last week, but any other highlights or any talking points you guys want to flag up on last week, bits you liked or bits you didn't? Um, I think we should have won more games. We were really, really close a couple of times. There was uh, the, the extra innings game against the, the Cubs on uh, last Thursday where it was 3-2. And we had opportunities, not just in that game, but in a few games where we either had bases loaded, a couple of men on base, and didn't take advantage of that. Although saying that, in pretty much all games, uh, we have been sort of behind always on hits. Um, and mm. um, so it, it's it, it's not it's not masking the problem here that we're just not getting enough hits. The the positive every week is that this young pitching core, apart from Pablo's problem, um, is still really good. Even last night against the Rays, where yes, Smith had a higher pitch count, but you're still talking about five innings, and also. It's when he's in that kind of three and two situation, he keeps plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. You remember that kind of classic battle he had with Real Muto? I can't remember how many um, pitches that went yeah, into. That's right. But he doesn't give up, and that's really good. And we're seeing this all the way through. Um, Sandy Alcantara needs to be more aggressive, and we spoke about that in last week's pod. But they're the only positives. There's there's little bits of positives in the hitting. Neil Walker's on fire. John Berkey looks okay. But beyond that, I'm struggling to find any positives, really. (laughs) Well, I'd say on on the pitching side, guys, um, I'm really interested, and we're going to cover roster moves shortly anyway. But I'm particularly interested. I feel like this is the time of the season, maybe, where the, the call for Gallon is getting stronger just because of what he's doing. It's not like any of the guys look out of their depth and are really, really struggling, but, but it might be the kind of time where you go, hey, Sandy, have a breather. Trevor Richards, maybe, have a breather. Bring Gallon up, see what he's got. He He's absolutely on fire there. So I, I just feel like, you know what the Marlins have been like this year anyway. We've been quick on moves, quick on the trigger. Be surprised if we didn't get a sight of Gallon by the first week of June, to be honest with you. Um, I agree with that. And Gallon's stats are, yeah, again, he had another great week. So overall, where Gallon is at the moment, he's got eight games um, that he started. Um, and out of those 54 innings he's pitched, he's only given away seven runs, seven earned runs. Um Nine walks out of that, 64 strikeouts. Um, so, uh, you know, why not? Why not bring him up? Why not yep. bring our real form guys up and just mix and match? They've done that with Hernandez now coming up, but more as a reliever role, although he has actually got the same ERA um, as as Gowan has uh, in AAA, 1.16, although a lot less innings and um, he, his stats aren't quite as good, but he's only apart from his earned runs is four, you can see why they want to bring them up. Just do it, I think. Yeah. We'll get some excitement. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, so I, I agree that Rob's I think it's time there, Time he can, comes back, he comes up. I, I think it will be one of Sandy or Trevor Richards that, that you know, we, we, we'll have to make way 
because although you know with Lopez he struggled obviously his last start, but apart from that he's actually been fairly decent. So I think it will be one of one of them to to get to, because uh, yeah, yeah, just talking about highlight, highlight, highlights for the week, you know, Jose Urania actually had a good start as well. Yeah, which which which, which we could mention for this week. He 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 went went seven innings and only gave up one earned run in his start. So he he, he was good. So mm. yeah, but I think yeah, the time for Gallant to come up is now. Yeah, just I just say to add some excitement to the side, you know, and and to make it seem like they are trying to win. Yeah, which at at the minute you could argue, yeah, they're not. I, 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 I mean, maybe we don't want to win really, but obviously we no. we we we, we got, got to try. <laughs> yeah, I think the players themselves will want to be winning. They they won't want to be playing to lose. So, um, Dan, what about you, mate? There's if if ever there's a positive spin, I turn to you, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like we need to turn to you this week, and we need I need to see something from you. What you know? What have you saw this week? What what's What's the positive part, part of Marlins this week? Yeah, well, again, um, we, we, we can only really look at the pitching because it's the only thing really we can get too excited about. There's no point me saying the same thing over and over again about the batting. We know what the problem is. Um, so, but we, when you look at the last two performances since we last spoke with with Smith, I think he hit. I think he got 11 strikeouts in the 5-2 defeat. Um, mm. against the Cubs, which was fantastic. Um, I think it was only two earned runs as well. Um, just trying to bring it up again. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, two earned runs, um, three walks, 11 strikeouts. I mean, that's that's fantastic. That was a game we, we arguably should have won in that game, as Rob said. And then last night again as well, um, eight strikeouts, just again, two earned runs. It, he, he is the, the guy, is, is our He's our go-to guy at the moment. I think he's fifth. He's either fifth or sixth in the whole of MLB at the moment for um, uh, earned runs, um, something like one point seven or something like that. Um, he's giving up a game, so that's that's brilliant. And um, same with uh, uh, we an uh, interesting stat on last night's game actually. With um, when I came through that scene, he completed five point one innings and. Um, obviously got into a bit of trouble with um, one or two of the innings where um, with foul balls. And I think he finished with about 105 pitches. But um, that was uh, when I saw today. I was reading that saw that stat that he was that was the highest amount of um, foul balls in uh, any um, performance by any batsman throughout MLB with 34 foul balls. So uh, shows you that wow. he got into a bit of trouble. Um, but still, you look at the actual figures, and you can't. What can you do? You can just say, well, it's still that's a good performance. And um, I think that we're, I echo what you all just said there about Gallon. It, it is the time to do it. When when I was looking at um, Smith's performance and seeing him that high, I think it was five or six, I looked at how everyone else was doing. And I think the next best is something like 60-something in earned runs um, across MLB. And when you're looking at, I think they've only recorded up to about 86, 87, for a minimum of three starts, I think it is. I think we were something like 62, 68, and then there was someone in the 80s, I think it might have been uh, Sandy that was down there. Uh, I can't knock any of them. I think they're all doing a really good job, but mm. it's it's time, I think, now to see to see uh, Gallon come up. And what, what's the harm? Let's, let's, let's give yeah. him a crack. Yeah. Uh, I think it is it's it is the time. And I've just got to – I think I need to – find a new sound effect for, for Dan's stats. I'm, I, I don't know what that's going to be just now, but this is it. Dan is 
digging deep in statistical analysis now is, is <laughs> impressive. Um, so, uh, yeah, but it's interesting that that's the, the, the highest number of foul balls recorded by a pitcher this year. That's yeah. <laughs> what a stat. What yeah. a stat. And actually, when you, when you watch Caleb pitching, what I've what I've realised with the guy is when he you know you, we talked about that that Riamuto series, he's actually pretty much pitching to the same spot and it's it's on the kind of corner point of the strike zone you know the superimposed strike zone it's always that upper zone up right at the corner and it's it's not foul ball territory but obviously it's like proper in the swing plane of of the of the batters which is why they're fouling it off all the time but. He just attacks it, like you said. He just goes after that spot over and over and over, and then he'll probably just throw in a sneaky little slider or a curve or something and try to finish him off. So you know he goes deep in those counts and those battles, but then he's he's got someone in the locker to finish him off. So there we go. Dan positivity, Dan stats. That is that is, that is you all over now, mate. That's what I like to see. So, so it's been it's been a bit of a torrid run. The wins and loss side is looking a bit bleak. Um, I let's actually before I go into a full blown rant because I'm going to hold that back for now. I'm going to try my best. Um, we need to cover actually a bit of administrative stuff from last week in terms of roster moves, but equally some exciting bits. We were talking about this, and definitely Rob was the week before or the week before that talking about who we're going to see coming up from from AAA. Um, so we ha- we now have one of the, you know, the form bats, let's say, from AAA up. So Harold Ramirez, not Hanley, is up. Um, Garrett Cooper also off the IL. Hernandez also up. Corresponding moves. Uh, Isaac Galloway's gone down. Peter O'Brien onto the 10-day DL. Seems like Peter O'Brien, Garrett Cooper just kind of fluctuate yeah. and alternate on the on the <laughs> IL. Yeah, exactly. And then second rider onto the 60-day, which sounds less promising and that may be the last time we see him this year and mm. maybe even the next. Who knows? So, worrying news, I think, on second rider. Yeah, who's, it, who's got the health? Uh, who's got the health summary on the on the pod here, guys? Who's taking? Yeah. Out? Uh, well, we were talking about this uh, just before we started the podcast. That um, uh, if you ever watch the uh, Around the Horn, the American sports show, um, whenever the name Doctor John Andrews is mentioned, the uh, the noise that they make is because it is never never good news. So the Tommy Tommy John surgery is 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 what Doctor John Andrews is all about. And that's why the only reason you'd really go see him, uh, the fact that they've gone, he's gone for a second opinion now, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope by the time we get to the next podcast next week that it's all good and that he he's actually not as bad as what it sounds. But if it is Tommy John surgery, then we won't be seeing Steckenrider uh, until 2021, which is sad. But if you look statistically this year compared to last year, you know, walks, uh, his hits, you know, fairly consistent, um, you know, per nine, but it's home runs and velocity seems to have gone down. Something was slightly wrong there, but it's a shame because, you know, he looked like he could be the closer. He, you know, we had that situation last year uh, where you had him, Barraclaw and Ziegler as that kind of ultimate bullpen for a while. And we thought that he would be 
there again with that kind of uh, you know the 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 Romo Conley, but it hasn't worked that well um, for whatever reason, and it uh, the reason <laughs> looks like it's his elbow. Can I point something there, Rob? Rob, so I need to pull you up on there. Hold on a minute. The ultimate bullpen <laughs> of Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggler, beg, put that corona down. You are, you are drunk. <laughs> I was, I'm a big fan of Brad Ziggler. Um, I just, it's that 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 submariner action, and uh, yeah, I, I was one of Zig's biggest fans. I know, I know. I'm only messing. It was. I wasn't expecting to hear that though. The ultimate bullpen of of, of Ziggler. Baraclaw and Second Rider. That is. <laughs> Remember the the Craig Michelmo, the Craig Michelmo thing. Whenever Ziggler got a save or a hold, there would be the uh, yeah the Elmo with the the fire in the background. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh dear, Ziggler. This is blast from the past off. Um, so I tell you one one thing just on on Harold Ramirez. I actually haven't seen a lot lot of him prior to watching uh, watching games this week. He'd obviously been he's pretty much been on fire for a year it seems in winter ball then has then come and performed then in, in Nola as well and was you know three fifty average type type guy so he's been he's been doing well. When I flicked on this, the 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 first game when I was watching him, I, I actually. I thought, oh my god, how many wines have I had? I actually had a flashback and thought it was Stanton at the plate because his approach was that kind of like closed off stance. And I was like, oh lord, Giancarlo's back. Like, the Yankees have had enough of him, but wasn't to be. But he's got, he's had a couple of hits, hasn't he? But he obviously hasn't set the world alight in his first few games. No. But not that we're expecting that. But um, you know, it's um, it'll come. Oh, okay. I, 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 it's what we wanted to see, though, guys, isn't it? I mean, bring them up if they perform well. Bring yeah. them up. We, you know, we, we want to see what they've got, see them develop. You know, that's that's okay. Good to see Cooper back. I mean, the reality is with Cooper, we just need to see a healthy run with the guy. Yeah. And you'll have Ramirez left field, Cooper right, Anderson back to third, where he should be. And, okay, now we've got a gap in center field. So, Birdie's been playing quite a bit of center field now. So, I, I don't know, you know, if we've got the centre field spot nailed down yet or not. But anyway, um, it's good to see those guys back. I just, I, I just want to see them healthy. Give them a go. You know, it's it's all good, and there's more to come. I think, you know, there's other guys who are waiting to come, both pitching and and the batting side. So, yeah, there's 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 stuff to come there. Um, and Hernandez as well is up, and like you said, Rob, he's probably going to be a bullpen piece uh obviously for now but has been pitching well in nola so you know that'd be interesting to see what he's got and and your man as well key hard has gone back down has he gone down that's that's right isn't it yeah he's gone down to triple a um but uh, you know even so he's shown quite well i know he had a a bit of a rough outing uh, uh last week but um even so he's a real promising guy for the future just that that action where he seems to explode they could like a firework at the end where he's it's kind of a bit like Guerrero. Um, just just a, a mention on Hernandez, because last year he was uh, in the Marlins side, but only because he was a Rule 5 draft pick from the Astros. 
And um, so last year he did have starts. He had six starts last year. It, it didn't wasn't all that successful. Five point two one ERA, um, and gave away uh, sort of thirty eight and runs off that eleven home runs. But the the point was was to hold him in the roster, then bring him down to Triple A. He's had a, a really really good season. We've talked about that already, and now he can come back up again. But it looks like overall his role is going to be bullpen. Um, but maybe he could be a starter in the future, but it looks mm-hmm. like probably long relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's kind of the administrative side covered. Last week, and actually the last couple of weeks, has been tough sledding, I think, as a Marlins fan. It's been, like I mentioned at the top, it's been Groundhog Day, really, game after game. It's been it's been t- tough. And we tip all our caps out there to all the rest of the, well, not just the UK Marlins fans, of which there's loads of them, but um, the re- you know, Marlins fans in general. I know it's it's tough. So I'm going to come round now nicely to my rant that is is required. And it comes down to the record stuff, guys. So I'm just going to blow up initially, and then we'll kind of pick the bones out of it. Um, Buster Olney. Seemingly at the moment, he's not a Marlins fan, and he's like on Twitter constantly berating the record. He's talking about the run differential, you know, we're about to go to, I think, minus 100 run differential and whatnot for the season. I, For me, this and, and the rant is, I, I don't get it. Like, the Marlins were supposed to be bad this year. We knew that. The whole league knows it everyone knows it so i don't get the obsession and the fixation on putting up all these stats of all oh, the marlins of this this and this i mean they were what was expected and for me if it was the nats the mets the braves anyone else and they were underperforming completely get it you want to throw those stats up and go these boys are way underperforming but for me the Marlins aren't underperforming they are and I just don't get it when we're in year two of a rebuild that typically means you're going to have a couple of poor seasons last season we were what 62 wins was it guys in the end 62 last year yeah 61 something like that anyway so we're 60 odd wins 60 odd wins last year And we're on pace for, I don't know, we're on pace for 40-odd at the moment because we've had a bad stretch. But, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll exceed and we'll be in the 50s at least, I think. So I just don't understand. And the same, I was coming back to the Braves Twitter last week. Braves Twitter was on the Marlins. Oh, you guys are crap. Your, your stadium's empty, blah, blah, blah. Your, your team's crap. It's like, hey, guys, take a breath. We're in year two of a rebuild. The record is not going to be great. We know that, but we're stacking we're stacking up on arms. Position players you can find anywhere. Contracts, free agents, they turn up all the time. You can make things happen. If you want to make it happen, you can. What you can't make happen easily is top of the rotation pitching. That is what you can't make happen easy. And that's that was the Marlins problem, what, five years ago, where that's what they were missing heavily. And you can't fill that void. And when you try to fill that void, you make poor trades that hurt you. So you need to build through the organization properly, stack the farm full of arms, which is what we're doing. And 
it just baffles me that the wider media are out there going, oh, the Marlins are 10 or 30, they're on pace for this, they're, they're absolutely awful. Who cares? The win-loss number does not matter this year. What matters is we build, continue to build for the future. I decided to go back and look ahead of this, and but this will end my rant, guys, so you'll be glad to know. This is probably a four-minute rant, which is up there. Uh, I looked at the Astros rebuild, because for me, the Astros are, at the moment, the gold standard of rebuilds, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And they still, they've got to the summit in 2017. They stayed there in 2018, and for me, they look very lively again in 2019. So there you go. For me, I'm going to look to the Astros at the gut as the gold standard. So, they had a couple of, you know, a, a decent enough run in 20, 2004, 2005. Then 2016 to 2010, they, they had a Marlins-type record, guys, where they were fluctuating and flip, flipping in and around that 500 mark. Struggling, didn't make any playoff appearances then. Struggling to take it to the next level, which for me, feels very familiar. They then decided in 2011 to, to reboot. And their wins, so from 2011 on, it was 56 wins, 55 wins, 51 wins, 70 wins. And then fifth year in, 86 wins, and they made a playoff appearance. So that's five years in. Um, the Marlins are in year two. In year two for the Astros, they won 55 games. So I don't get it, guys. I completely do not get it. Why are people expecting the Marlins to win right now? No one's expecting. But in five years' time, or well, four years now, we're expecting to be there. And that's when you should judge us. If we get it right, we'll be there. If we don't, then you can look back and go, that was done poorly. So... That's the rant over, guys. Take from that what you will. Whether you agree, disagree, I don't know. But, I mean, I, f- I feel like I had to get off my chest because that Buster Olney tweet has been winding me up and that thread has been winding me up. Um, so there you go. Um, I, and the Braves' Twitter was winding me up. <laughs> so yep. I think what's important as well, and Rob, you've had a look at this as well. And Lee, you guys you guys have been around the Marlins and following the Marlins longer than, than, mm-hmm. than me and Dan. So I'll throw this to you guys. But, you know, we've been to the Summit before. Won two World Series Braves um, since 93. And after that, there were some periods of, well, in and around that, actually, those seasons as well. There were some, some poor seasons and poor starts in particular. So... How does it compare, guys? We're ten and thirty as we as we sit here today. How does it compare? And you know, should we be panicking? I don't know. If you look at there's two seasons which stand out as bad starts, um, and they are 2006 and 2013. 2006 at this point, thirty game, uh, yeah, you know, thirty or forty games in. Um, we were nine and thirty-one um, in two thousand thirteen. Uh, well, well, we're eleven and thirty, which then went to thirteen and fifty-four. Um, now, the important thing is there is that the two thousand thirteen season ended up being a sixty-two win season. The um, 
2006 season ended up being a 78 win season and there was an incredible time in 2006 where in June they won 18 out of 25 games now there is differences um, in squads and the the period of time uh, in sort of rebuild modes put it that way so uh, when uh, for 2013 Fernandez it was his first season Pitching, you had Stanton had come up. Um, I think it was in 2012 or 11. Um, Yelich, Zuna, you had that young core coming through, and they were giving them the chance, and that's how they improved through the season. Um, in 2006, you had Hanley Ramirez, um, and you also had a, a rebuild going on there as well. So. Uh, you know, th- this has happened before where we've had bad starts. We're not the only team that's had bad starts. What is happening at the moment, though, there seems to be uh, uh, across Twitter, and you talked about Buster Olney, that there's various others who are now comparing us to the Cleveland Spiders, who were the, the who historically were the worst team ever in MLB. And <laughs> what was uh, their record, Rob? What, what that, do they end up on? Uh, so um, they won. I think it was twenty games. Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't. I haven't got it in front of me at all. But it, it was. It, Hold they, on. I'll, I'll dig that out while you're talking away here, because we need to clarify yeah. this. So um, they, they went twenty and one hundred and thirty-four. So it wasn't. They didn't have the same number of games. But also, if you look down the sort of the top ten worst seasons, the only one that is recent was the Detroit. Tigers, uh, yet again, we'll have to check on this. I think it was 2003 when they'd won about 46 games. Where we are going at the moment is uh, looking around 41 games, which would mean a loss of 121 games. So that's where everyone's jumping on board this, saying, look how terrible we are. And um, we're going to be the the worst team in the sort of the modern baseball era. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but again... History doesn't tell you that. What they're really jumping on, and this is where they think that we are going to be the next Cleveland Spiders or the next 2003 Detroit Tigers, is the fact that um, even though hits-wise we are last in MLB, we're not really that far off. Actually, the Cleveland Indians, Cincinnati Reds, Toronto Blue Jays, and Detroit Tigers, not that they're great teams. But um, we're, we're on par with those sort of bad teams when it comes to the hitting record. It's runs is the problem. We've hit 105. The next team at 29th of the whole of MLB is the Cleveland Indians at 150. We're that far adrift. Um, uh, the Houston Astros, gold standard, uh, 240 um, uh, runs so far. So mm. 135 more than we've had. If that continues, then we could be the next Cleveland Spiders. Um, but you've got to sort of think and hope that it's a bit like we've seen quite a few. We were talking about this earlier. A few where we've had bases loaded, haven't quite got it over the line. A couple of people on base haven't got it over the line. We brought up Ramirez, who was an extra bases guy down in NOLA. Maybe that would be the catalyst to, to get us, you know, more runs. But, um, yeah, the stats at the moment um, historically suggest that uh, yeah, we're not going to be the, the worst team of all time. It's just, it's just a, a good sort of schadenfreude sort of, you know, thing to stab us in the back with. You just one other, one other 
point though about this this is you said year two of the rebuild we haven't even had a draft yet a proper rebuild draft i know we had the draft last year Jeter was involved in um so you know give us a few years to see who we're going to to draft and how that they were going to build around them and i suppose i think one final thing is um everyone hates Jeter unless you're a yankees fan so the years of him smiling away winning world series and being the best player in the league um i think quite a few um uh, you know people who support all the other teams are probably enjoying this yeah <laughs> lee lee you've been you've been following the marlins a long, long time as well yeah is this the worst marlins team you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> loaded uh, question so far yeah <laughs> Yeah, this has been one of one of my, one of my, one of my disappointing seasons, as you say. But we didn't come in with any expectations, as you say. That 2013 side, as like as Rob said, there was talk. Oh yeah, the Cleveland Spiders then as well, and then they they sort of pick, you know picked it up and went on a run. As you say, won 60 games in the mm-hmm. end. So yeah, it can be done. As you say, that that 2003 D- Detroit side as well, that one that won 40 games in 2006. You know, they were were in the World Series. So, you know, it shows that it can be done, you know, as, as Houston have done it, Cubs have done it. You know, teams do turn around, you know, and no one no one will no one was criticizing them, you know, at that time for for doing the same thing. No. They, the, and the actually that, that, that Tigers team, mate. Yeah. Uh, looking at things, mate, that two thousand six Tigers team, just you've got me interested now, Rob. So I'm 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 now I'm now all in on the Tigers here. So they were bad. <laughs> the rookie of the year that year in 2006, Justin Verlander. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's the type of thing. You know, you're three seasons away from winning 43 games. You end up in a World Series. Okay, you get chinned panels, but the key piece of that is you know. What could be a Hall of Fame type pitcher, and you know, in in the future, of but was a rookie of the year, Justin Verlander. So, you know, that comes back to what I was saying earlier, guys. You, you got to stop the farm full of arms. Yeah. Some of them won't work out, but many of them will if they're managed properly. And that's the key to it. If, you, if you find a Verlander, <laughs> then, you know that that goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, saying, I mean, with, as well with that 2013 side, you're like saying, I mean, the record improved because we did we did call up the players. Yeah, you know, mm. I, I mean, Yelich came up in about June. Ozuna came up all around the time. Yeah, and and the record did improve as they came up and learned. And also, I say it never actually worked out in the end. Yeah, and and we had to trade them away. You know, you know, to the rebuild again. But but ho- hopefully this time, you know, we we can we can do it right. And so with a yeah. note on that 2016, yeah, which which is one of my favourite sides to watch. That 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 was what they saying from that June onwards. That, that was really exciting to watch. I mean, they, they actually got got over got over five hundred at one point. I think if I did right, they yeah on September eleventh they they were two games you know over five hundred. Wow. Right, and and just and that was after being being twenty games over at one point. So just so you know, the, the season is long. You know, just, mm. you know we, we are moaning now, but there's there's still plenty of time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, that, that 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 this side is, is going to get close to 500 at any point, but yeah, you know, okay. they, they can improve. So, yeah, I think know, it will as well. We can see it. I think it will improve. I mean, I, I it was really interesting there to listen to you both talking about the the good old days, um, but because uh, obviously I've only followed it the last the last couple of years. But um, I mean, I was fully behind what you were saying there, 
Pete, like with um, with your rant there, and I saw it on Twitter as well. Because <laughs> uh, like they're the, the, they're bringing up these stats and they're firing at us like we don't know. Like I feel like going, yeah, okay, thanks for that. What's your point? You know, it's a rebuild. It's year two. Yeah, what what do you want from this team? Did you expect somewhere marginally it could have been better? I think I don't think we was expecting it to be yeah. quite as bad as it's been. But does it in the grand scheme of things, does it matter? No. The farm system's better. The, you can see the plan. So ride it out, you know, let's see where we where we get to. Exactly. Can we have a klaxon? We need a klaxon. Woo woo woo. Must be some breaking <laughs> news, is there? Yeah. So um this is from Joe Frasaro. Stecken rider saw Dr. Andrews confirm flexor strain. Rest recommended. It's good news. Woo-hoo. Wow, there we go. The the could be back before the end of the season. He yes. must have been. He must have been picking up IPAs in a in a fast <laughs> manner or something. Uh, well, that's good news for Steck anyway, because yeah. the way you were talking, Rob, we weren't going to see him until he was thirty-five or whatever. So. <laughs> We're going to see him again, hopefully, this season, by the sound of it. So that's positive. Um, not sure that was the right sound effect either, but anyway, um, there we go. Um, all right, Dan, well, you're always the, you've always got the positive spin on things. I'm going to come to you again to round this little segment off here in terms of, okay, we've had a, we've had a crap start. The media are, uh, are trying to wind everyone up, whatever. We've had crap starts before and come back on it. The reality is it doesn't really matter anyway. And actually, we want the number one pick in the draft in 2020 anyway. So there's no real motivation for us to improve. But let's finish this off with a with a positive spin, mate, in terms of yep. some thinking or some bits you've seen, mate. Yeah, OK. So um, it's been a bad week. It's been a bad season. Um, so... I know that you you guys like me to try and find some positive stuff and I've done some digging today and it is bottom of the barrel stuff. It is really trying to find anything I can to make us a bit happier, put a smile on the face because it's been, um, I can't just keep coming on and moaning about how cold the bats are and all the rest of it. So here is a very, very quick rundown of five things this week to be happy about <laughs> if you're a Miami Marlin, okay? So very, I'll run through them quickly because they're, they're not impressive. They're just funny. All right? <laughs> so, uh, first on, one is, um, right, Marlins at home in three-game series this season. Our highest score has been 12 runs versus the Mets. Who have we got after the next game up, next series up? We've got the Mets. So um, now I know there'll be cynics out there going, yeah, uh, we got swept in that series. Well, shut up. I don't care. Screw you. I'm looking at positives, okay? <laughs> so we've got, 12, we've got 12 runs in that series against the Mets. We've got them coming up. That that points towards good things, OK? We did also, by the way, get 12 runs uh, in a three-game series against the Phillies. And that's quite incredible, considering as though we uh, hit 10 of them in one game uh, and still in the end of them. <laughs> and we also, by the way, just as a footnote, we did hit 14 runs, I think, in the opening series against the Rockies. But that was a four-game series. This is a three-game series. So there's one thing that we can look forward to against the Mets. We're going to hit some runs. Number two, um, we have had back this week the legendary uh, broadcaster Tommy Hutton has come back in uh, replacement for um, Hollinsworth, who's off for a few days, I think. So he's now stepped in. Um, I don't know the guy because it was all before, a little just before my first season in MLB. But the, um, the reaction on Twitter has been great. Everyone's really psyched up for that. And he was back last night 
I'll be watching the game tomorrow. I really look forward to hearing him in the booth with uh, with Severino. So that's something good. That's nice. Yeah. Right, number number three. Yeah, number three. We are um, four games clear in the uh, Tankathon race in the yeah. Tank Talk. So uh, <laughs> being a um, being a uh, Miami Heat fan, I've been laughing this week or over the last day or so. We've seen all the people that have tanked all season. Um, like the New York Knicks and the Cavs and the Suns, uh, all f- favourites to get the legendary uh, generational number one pick, Zion, this week. And none of them got anywhere near it. Um, I think Knicks got a number three pick, but it ended up being the number nine um, New Orleans Pelicans that got him. So for me, laughing my head off at people for tanking all season and getting nowhere, I'm now completely being hypocritical and saying, go on, Marlins, tank the rest of the season and let's get this guy that we are desperate for. Um, and we're very clear of that. We're four points. We're four games uh, clear of, I think it's Baltimore behind us in that race. So next that's Chris to Bryant, up. apparently. They say Spencer Torkelson, the next Chris Bryant. There you go. There you go. So we're going to get him. It's done. Go on. Tank for talk. Um, right. We started to scrape the barrel a little bit now, guys. I was, I was struggling <laughs> now. So four and five are bordering on, on pathetic. But number four... Um, we have got uh, <laughs> we have got armed forces weekend coming up, and that means that we get some new camouflage merch. <laughs> and, for all, <laughs> and for all the guys that uh, all the all the guys that know that know me, I am a bit of a freak for merch. I love my merch. I've got loads of the dolphins salute the service stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out for uh, for Miami Marlins, even though. We can't get any of it at the moment over here. It's still a lot. I like that stuff. I like that stuff. So look, looking forward to seeing the uh, the Sloop Service um, merchandise coming up. And then very lastly, and this is pathetic, but we're trying to be positive. Um, the forecast in Miami for the next five days is nothing but pissing down and thunderstorms. But we don't care because we've got a roof. So we're going to be playing five days of, uh, of baseball in Marlins Park. It's not going to affect affects us. So you can shove your um, your New York Nets, uh, New New York Mets um, blowouts because of uh, because of rain affected abandonments. We won't be any of that. We'll be watching our team play baseball. So there you go, guys. There's five very small, very good reasons though to keep smiling as a Miami Marlins fan. Oh, there we go. Good. We're going to have this as a regular segment now. <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever we go on a nine or ten game skid, whatever it's been, we're going to bring back this I'll segment. I'll find some out. Yeah, you'll <laughs> find it, mate. I was just going to say one thing, though. Peter O'Brien won't agree with you with the roof being closed. No, that's very true. I did think of that, actually. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it might cost us some runs, but the fans will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think... Uh, on a slightly more positive note, I was looking ahead the rest of the month, and okay, yeah, we've got the Mets series to come. There'll be no washouts. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a double header in New York at some point, I guess, to make that one back up. That was yeah, August, I think they said. Yeah, so we got that. We got a well. That well, the one good thing there is there'll be a UK friendly uh, time as well. <laughs> that we'll have that back, but it would have been UK friendly anyway, so not to worry. But the Mets are back in town. Um, but after that, I think we go through a, a stretch of series that uh, I'd be surprised if we're swept in, let's say, which based on this podcast probably will mean that we're going to be swept in all of them. But anyway, um, we've got three game series with the Tigers 
four-game series with the Nats, three-game series with the Giants, three-game series with the Padres. I think it's rounded out with another series with the with the Brewers. Um, so that'll be a tough one probably. But all of them four series in a row, in my opinion, could and should be winnable. Um, none of those teams look that great. So positive thinking, guys. We've had a bad, tough run. Let's keep the faith. Let's hammer the Mets with our roof closed. And then let's uh, let's take on some of these straggling teams who, let's be honest, some of these guys, I think, need to fully press the reset button as well. And they're just lying to themselves, some of them. Uh, I think the Tigers, I think the Nats, Rob, you've been on them this year as well. Yeah. Are they... I think they're lying to themselves. The Giants, I think, are the biggest frauds out there where they need to absolutely press the reset button. But for whatever reason, they just keep throwing money at it with old players and dust pitchers. And they're not getting anywhere quick. So the Giants are going to be the laughingstock of the MLB. Buster Olney will be absolutely tearing the Giants apart next year. <laughs> I, you know, Mark my words, Buster. Get the Giants' Twitter fired up, ready to go. So. <laughs> Um, so I think there's some optimism to come, guys. So let's let's stick with it. Let's let's enjoy it. Let's see what happens come the end of May and early June. I think we'll be in a bit of a better spot. Um, so the we got to, we'll finish off with the Rays this week. Then the Nats at the end of the week. We'll see what happens there, guys. Can we? Is there a player of the week? Can we name a player of the week yet? Mm-hmm. Are we in a position to do that? I yes. don't know if we are, but oh, Rob, you've got one ready to go. Yeah. Go on, and you fire away. It's Neil Walker, surprisingly enough, um, from someone who um, I think we were kind of a little bit sort of you know wary of him through the you know the start of the season. You know, is he just a bit of a plodder? Has he had it? You know, uh, we need someone at first base. So they just you know, would we have been better off with with Justin Bohr? But um, so far, last seven games, uh, 21 at-bats, he's had 10 hits, um, only one RBI because, unfortunately, that's that's the way we roll at the moment. But his average is 4.76 um, and a stolen base as well. So at least he is the one person who is is actually on fire and getting us some hits. So um, Neil Walker, of course, you've got to have a, a bit of a mention for Dr. K as well because... Yeah, again, it was a, another good performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Lee? Yeah. Uh, Anyone in yeah, mind? Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, Neil Walker for me as well. That's who I was going to say. Oh, no. He, he's been the, the only hits up. I mean, Cast, Castro has actually had a fairly, fairly decent week after his, you know, his really long slump. You know, he's, he's turned it around a bit as well. But, yeah, you know, it's Neil Walker. He, you know, easily... Lee, hold on a sec. Let me just check one thing here with you. <laughs> Did you see the final outs from last night's game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what happened now, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starling the Marlin strikes mm. again. Yeah. Rounded a double play. Every time. Every time to finish it, it off. He's got to be leading the league by miles. <laughs> Well, while we're, while we're on, I'm just going to quickly uh, refresh my stats on that. Um, okay, so two votes for Walker. <clears throat> um, Dan, any anything, any advances on Walker? Um, 
it probably is the obvious answer, yeah, with Walker in. It's, it's unlike me because I normally go with pitching. I will give her a mention to um, Jose Urania. Um, I thought he he pitched well with his uh, seven innings in the 3-2 defeat, narrow defeat in, uh, in extra innings against uh, uh, clubs. But seven innings pitched, um, only one earned run. Um, I think that's pretty impressive. Went, went probably a game we should have won, actually. Um, Tight, tight game, but yeah, I think Walker would probably have to be the choice. But a, a mention to to you, uh, Urania for his performance. Well, I'm going to of course. I'm going to tip my cap to you for that pronunciation of <laughs> Jose Urania. It's <laughs> impressive stuff, mate. Well, you'd be expecting a full house, guys. I'm not going to curse another player, so I'm going anti full house. It can't be done because that's when players really do hit the hit the fan, and we need to we need to trade Walker away at some point this year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going. Uh, I guess it's yeah the honourable mention for me, Doctor K, in the week where he had national exposure on the MLB Network show, he was talking about how nervous he was and whatever, blah blah blah. But Doctor K really now is a national story. You know, it isn't just, oh, it's a Marlins pitcher. Who are they? I can't name them. It's, holy shit, this guy is legit. And to come out with his 11K outing against the Cubs, okay, not enough run support, but he can't impact that. Uh, and followed it up, I thought, with a nice outing last night. I mean, the reality is he was five and five and a third, but it was only one run ball. So, mm. you know, it was nothing more really he could do. And that, <laughs> that home run from Garcia last night it oh, was huge. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, I'm not sure I've seen a lot as long a home run as that into that part of the field ever. Maybe I don't know. It was like dead center as well, wasn't it? It was like straight over the batter's eye. I think yeah. it was absolutely huge. The fifth biggest home run at Marlins Park. The other four all being Stanton. Ah, of course, of course. But yeah, to, well, to go past, I don't know, 200 of Giancarlo's other ones or whatever it was, then, you know, it was a, it was a big lick from Garcia. So, yeah, you know, apart from that, Dr. K was awesome again. The guy is awesome. There's been some talk about, are we going to trade him? Is he a trade? I mean, naturally, any player who looks good at the moment, it's like, should we trade this guy? The man's going to trade him, but... I think I saw his. I think he's got five years of contract available. I think, well, why would we now? I mean, you got to, you know, surely you think he is, you know, he's a, he's an opening day starter next year, isn't he? You know, that's yeah. That's he's, what he should be. He's, you know, to fulfil the rebuild. You know, we that, yeah, at some that, point, at some point, we've got to keep the players. You know, you know, not you know, not trade them away for for for, you know, for pieces when when he is the the key piece already. Exactly. Yeah, I I think as well. The other thing that is we're being panned for crap trades. Yeah. You know, everyone goes, oh, you trade kind of backfire. You know, <laughs> Ozuna's gone for pennies, and uh, you know, Yelich for a for a bag of bag of dust. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but. The thing is with Caleb, you know, they it was a good deal. It's a good, it is a good trade that the Marlins made there, and uh, it's one that's working out. 
keen to keep hold of him just to say and point to him and go, yeah, you know our ace. Yeah, see that trade. Um, you know, it's one successful one anyway we can talk about. So, um, yeah, so I'll go Dr. K, but three to one. Uh, Walker takes it on player of the week. Uh, before we finish up, guys. There is one other player who, yeah, who, 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 who like we should mention again for, oh, yeah, no. for, for our weekly up update is Chen. His ERA is down to nine. Yeah. Under double oh, figures. Oh, He's at nine, nine 9.00. And another you know, scoreless innings again. He's on fire now. Why? <laughs> on fire. I did say when he got under 10, I'd neck my beer, so. <laughs> Wait in. This is for you, senor. You're <laughs> <laughs> struggling with that, Pete. <laughs> Mate. Just as, as an FYI, uh, you guys, you guys could see this. I'm on. I found. I went to Aldi for a beer stock up, you know, <laughs> and I found this Dark Matters coffee porter, and it is, as it sounds, heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Very heavy. Anyway, weigh in. Keep going, mate. I'm enjoying it. He's, you know, in all honesty, guys. He's probably just settled down a bit, hasn't he? He struggled early door. It was it was an unfamiliar role. He looked awkward, but he's settling into it. You know, we all jokes aside, we'd like to see him do well. I actually felt sorry for the guy a lot in the early part of the season. He was left out to slaughter a few times, but you know, there's you know, it's nice. Nick Anderson remains the kind of real standout piece as well that I is totally surprising in the bullpen. Uh, which is, you know, still fun to watch. I think he gave up. He did give up a couple of runs last night. I think maybe one of them earned, but um, not both. I think he, there was maybe two runs. But anyway, so guys, the time—it's fifty-three minutes in. So we're we're on schedule. Um, let's finish off. Any we know we love an emoji on this pod, so we've got to finish off. We've had the player of the week. Is there an emoji of the week? For each of you, anything you, you know, anything that's sticking to mind, anything you've used? Oh, yeah, I've got one. I'm going for the shush finger in front of the mouth one for all the idiots on uh, on Twitter. Uh, oh, nice. Some for some strange reason, slagging off the performances and throwing stats at us like we don't know. Yes, we do know. We know what the situation is. It's not going to change. Why are you telling us these things? Just Shush, please. That's my one. Good. I think that's fair, and I, I echo that one. But I'll I'll have another one in mind. But I do like that one. <laughs> Who's next up? I've got uh, a spider uh, because of the Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably with a uh, a sort of a no entry sign next to it. No spiders. We're not uh, going to be the next Cleveland Spiders. I love so. it, mate. I love it. And I love the reference to the Cleveland Spiders. I, I haven't followed baseball that long, so I've never heard of the Cleveland Spiders. But, I mean, what was their... Hold on. Let's, let's just quickly dive in to the Cleveland Spiders. What, what kind of jerseys did they have? You know, were they, were they taking on a bit of a Spider-Man vibe? Or what were they, what were they looking like? I, I don't think I think they were all quite sort of plain in those days, sort of 
Yeah. Yeah, it may have been pre. It was a pre-Spider-Man. It probably was, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a history behind that because they were the owner of the Cleveland Spiders owned another team, and what happened was they just moved all their best players over to that other team. I think it was. Uh, I'm going to look this up. I think it was St. Louis Browns. And um, but yeah, so it wasn't. And also, they played most of their games on the road. They hardly ever played at home. So they're they're an odd anomaly. It's a really interesting story to look up. But no, we're we we we're not them. Mm-hmm. We're not the spiders. Go on then, Lee. Give it to us. What have you got in the locker? Well, I'll have the the crying emoji because for because for us UK fans, yeah, we we thought we have, we have a decent start time on a Sunday. And it gets rained out. You know, the one, one game, one game we can watch live. You know, we had a decent time, and it got rained out. <laughs> I, was, I was bored on Sunday. Now <laughs> the crying one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I I should have gone first on this one because you boys have, have rinsed some of my uh, emoji talk here. But because um, I was thinking of the one, you know, with like the Zs above the head, that sleepy one. Because yeah. it did feel a bit like that this week, guys, didn't it? Yeah. Where we missed our Sunday game, which is normally what, you know, we know every week pretty much we've got that early, you know, six o'clock start for us. That was rained out. That was really disappointing. Then obviously Monday was an off day and then it was a late one Tuesday. So I, I didn't watch it till this morning. I don't think you guys did either. So. You know, in effect, it was like three, three-ish days on the spin without baseball. So, yeah, it was a kind of snoozy one, crying one. I also, like like you, Dan, I was thinking of the um, of the shush one as well. But um, I'm, I'm thinking as well, uh, I wanted to use that one that was the button it one. Um, it's oh, yeah. zip. The zip, yeah. Exactly, the zip. So I'm going to use the zip because you've got the shush. I'm going to go yeah. for the zip across the mouth just to round it off. I mean, they're both the same thing, to be fair. We're talking about the same point, but I feel like judgment should be reserved until the appropriate time. And the appropriate time will not be until at least 2021, uh, if not 2022. So let's reserve judgment until then, guys. Um, awesome. Any other? Hold on. Someone needs to check Twitter. Any final breaking news before we before we round up? Are we are we good to go? I, I think uh, nothing else apart from uh, the, the 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 squads are out for tonight's game. Uh, we've got Granderson leading off in left field. Uh, Brian Anderson at third base. Uh, Neil Walker at first. Uh, then Starlin at second. Uh, fifth in the lineup is Garrett Cooper at right field. Uh, Alfaro. Uh, as the catcher, then uh, Rojas and and Herrera, um, who is playing centre field. Maybe having Miggy Rowe a bit further down will give that bit of a, a, a poke to that lower order because Mattingly referenced that last night after the game, saying that there's just there's just nothing there. We never get the hits um, from that mid to lower order. So uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, between sort of Cooper, Alfaro, and Rojas, that can uh, really. Um, you know, uh, maybe those sort of uh, extra bases and those loaded bases could actually turn into runs. Yeah, it feels like quite a strong lineup for us, you know, with a pinch of salt, obviously. Alfaro's been on a bit of a skid, though, as well, hasn't he? He's, he's kind of struggled the last week or so mm-hmm. as well, maybe two weeks, really. He's definitely, he's definitely struggling a bit. So, yeah, he's kind of sliding down the order. But either way, it's Cooper in at five, Alfaro six. 
I feel it feels strong to me, guys. Um, so I'm, I'm confident. And who's actually who's on the mound tonight? We only looked at that. Oh, Jose's back on, is he? Yeah. Jose Urenia. Yeah. <laughs> who's pitching for the Rays? Because that wasn't determined yesterday. Yeah, it's nice Stan- pronunciation too. Nice accent. It's Stanek, <laughs> which means they're using an opener. The opener, yeah. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Well, here's the night where we where we prove that the opener. Probably <laughs> works actually. <laughs> Everyone will be using openers after this game. <laughs> um, oh well, well, let's uh, let's round up though, guys, because we do we do need to carry on with this. The, we got one game left of the Rays, but the Mets series. What well, we got? Three games set there with the Mets. Two one win. <laughs> Say it again. Two one win. <laughs> Two one win. Two one. Yeah, yep. Go Two on. one. We're going to win Go that on. one. Who are you having, Lee? Uh, yeah. Why not? Two one win as well. <laughs> why not? Uh, I'm going to have to go for a two one loss. Um, I don't really fancy Degrom <laughs> versus Richards to start no. with. I don't think that's a good matchup. <laughs> no, I didn't not... see the matchups. I was two one. <laughs> <laughs> I know Pablo will be back on as well. He just got blown up by the Mets, didn't he? So yeah, it's not going to be a win. <laughs> yeah, actually, guys, guys, I'm I'm putting the brush out there early. <laughs> I put the brush out. It's you know, there's no way of escaping the third sweep on yep. the trot against the Mets. The Mets are destroying us, destroying yep. us. They, I don't think they're that good, but they they look good <laughs> against us. So. You know, if you're a betting man, there we go. Don't Miami Spiders. Don't, Miami <laughs> Spiders. Here we go. Um, awesome, guys. Well, that that brings it that brings it to a close for this week. It was awesome having you on again. Uh, thanks to all the listeners. Uh, you've been listening to Fish Across the Pond, Miami Mar- Marlins podcast, and we will see you again next week. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. <laughs>